Hello, welcome to Riot Act Reviews, part of the Riot Act podcast, the alternative music podcast. My name is Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman, and he just went, hold on a second. I'm so- hold on, we're not the alternative music podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> not for this episode. No, no, not on the slightest. Never mind. <laughs> no. I was going to say something, but I've realised it doesn't matter. Come on, share with the group, Renfrey. Well, I was going Is it to- private? Uh, no, no, I was just going to say, um, I've, I've not started recording video, and I wonder if we should for this. Oh, right, yeah. Go on. Okay. <laughs> That would probably mean starting it again, though, Steve. No, That's no, what... no. This is a, this is bonus for the. This is why you listen to the audio, right? Uh, hello, you on YouTube. Thanks for joining us at last. <laughs> Where have you been? This is Riot Act reviews, the alternative music podcast. Riot Act. I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman. All the people on audio have already heard this. Why do you make you're me keep my mistakes in every time? Because I fuck up. you're human, Renfrey. To 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 air is to human. Is human indeed. Yeah, you just yeah. erred right there by calling it air. is human. It is. Yeah, I didn't speak like that. I didn't that at all. Anyway, look. Hey, it's the first Riot Act podcast of 2022, and we're doing a review. We're doing a review of an album. A big fucking massive album this is the show where we do concentrate just on one record and give it our full and undivided attention and we got a big big one today we are going to be talking about dawn fm by the weekend the fifth studio album from abel mackening tesfay i think that's how you say his name i think you gave that a really i think you gave that a really good go so um Mm. Apologies AKA if it is wrong, but but fair do. I, I I was very impressed. I think he's got more on than listening to our podcast talking about him. Uh, absolutely, yes. I think we're fairly low yes. down the list of priorities. No, no, but no. If you no. are a fan over the weekend and we've accidentally pronounced his name wrong, apologies for that. This is the follow-up to his massive, absolutely massive 2020 album, After Hours, which featured the omnipresent blinding light single which is one of those singles i feel that you know when you hear a song and you go there are unborn babies that know this song <laughs> do you know what i mean there are babies that were conceived like as this song was first coming into the world and they've known about it for sort of six months yeah and they're not even born for another three months and they know the words to it yeah. it's one of those massive massive songs but anyway well, i mean um, you've got to be careful though because you've got to remember who you're talking to i i'm so f- far outside of the mainstream culture remit popular culture remit that i might know the song but i I don't recall it off the top of my head can you give me a little singy song song of it i'm not i am not attempting to sing the weekend absolutely (laughs) not absolutely not i'll do jonathan davis and tim armstrong (laughs) this is the problem i've just realized what the issue is with that yes no no that's fine that's fine (laughs) this is the problem with this podcast branching out into uh into new territories which we have we have done over the last Uh, sort of year or so is that it makes the the stuff that i used to do previously um i have to questionable yeah yeah yeah, questionable so i ain't he's too good a vocalist for me to try that he is a very good vocalist but i i I am i am sure renfrey that after this if you go and put that song on you'll go oh i've definitely heard this on an advert or on a film okay or uh I, I was about to do the. I was about to do the hook, the kind of the hook for a second, which is I think I fucked up massively. That could, that could be anything. It, is, yeah. it could be anything, yeah. But anyway, look, it's been on adverts, it's been on TV shows, okay. it's been in films, I'll it's take, been on all sorts. Of I'll things. take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's because the weekend is fucking massive. Now I should say I hadn't ever really 
delved that deeply into the weekend's I think quite interesting. I've always found him to be an interesting character and his mixture of kind of R&B, chamber pop and synthwave seems to be the sort of thing that I reckon I would like. And I've always kind of been intrigued by him as a character. Um, I think I probably was aware of the name and then I heard that song uh, from the 50, gra uh, 50 Grades of Shea, 50 Shades of Grey soundtrack. I watched that 50 Shades of Grey film. Did uh, you? Day when it came out. <laughs> Fucking, what a load of shit that is. Awful. Yes. We're not here to talk about that, but it is really, really bad. But I did quite like we, the song. We will put a, a review of 50 Shades of Grey, though, up for the patron, though, if you're uh, if people are interested in that. It's eight seconds long. It's just me blowing a raspberry. <laughs> Uh, is that what they do in the people, film? Is there like fart stuff in the film? Because that doesn't no. sound very erotic to me. No. Well, the film's not very erotic, nah. to be perfectly yeah. honest. No. Don't want to fart shame because, you know, some people might be into that. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, do any of that, but I'm just saying. Sorry, go on. They should they should remake Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's someone who just likes getting farted on. <laughs> oh, I'll audition for oh, that. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. As w which part would you be? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd play the fart the farter, <laughs> farter okay, i'd right. be the fart yeah um look anyway i'm not gonna talk about farts anymore okay sorry it's yeah. not, a, not really appropriate for this a lot of people obviously went mad for the 2015 album beauty behind the madness the single i can't feel my face was massive and it was something i actually found that single a little bit great in hence why i didn't really pay as much attention to the weekend as maybe I possibly should have done. A lot of people are like, oh, you going to like this? Mm. It was only really when Starboy came out in 2016 and loads of my friends were going, you will really like this record. But I think I got round to listening to a bit of it. I had a quick listen. thought it was cool. Is that the one that goes, um, there's a Starboy? <laughs> is it that one? No, no, it's not. No, That's someone that else, is isn't it? That is somebody mm. else, yeah. yeah. Who's oh, well. probably the... 1970s equivalent of the weekend <laughs> i would say oh okay well in a, in a lot of ways yeah i thought it was cool and um i did actually go back and listen to the cult favorite early mixtape house of balloons from 2011 which i know is a very highly rated by some of his early fan base as a as a as a classic, quote unquote. And I think to my ears, it was at that point probably the most interesting sounding thing that I had heard from the weekend. I think it's more of a sort of a soul and ambient stroke minimalist electro mashup thing, which I found quite unusual and odd. And I did I did quite rate that. Um We'll get into After Hours, the album which was the you know that huge record in a second. But Renfrey, any anything to add on the weekend as being our kind of resident, not really paying that much attention to what goes on in the pop charts and that. Have you got any what goes on in life of, at all? What goes on in life outside the confines of that tiny <laughs> little, little room that I'm in? Yeah, hovel that you live yeah. in. Yeah, I just um, stay in it, here and no yeah, idea. Is, and occasionally you like venture out to watch Alpha Male Tea Party. <laughs> And that's about it. Yeah, really, and then I it? fuck off back home and, and I get scared um, because I'm very scared of the outside world. Uh, what did I know about the weekend prior to this? B fucking nothing, basically. <laughs> Absolutely nothing whatsoever. Um, I didn't even know if it was a band or a person, turns out it's a person, um, was fully aware of them, him, 
being a huge deal and a huge proposition because I'd seen it everywhere. Um, but uh, just, just yeah, one of those things that just went completely and utterly over my head. No idea whatsoever. One of those examples where it's kind of stunning that I'm a music journalist and yet even though it's one of the biggest artists of all time, I have absolutely no idea because it's just not what I personally pay attention to. So nothing. Which is, which is fair enough. Which is I fine. Think we, we, were saying, we were saying just before we started recording, there's so much stuff. Just in, in music, isn't there? There's so oh, much right. stuff. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be, but yes, there's a, there's so, there, is a, there is an awful lot of music to cover. There's an awful lot of music. And, and, and so, you know, like with the exception of a few songs here and there and then you know kind of knowing that house of balloons was supposed to be like this kind of cult thing that everyone loved and i was like well i'll listen to that and a bit like when we did uh we did death grips a few years ago uh, last year and i was like oh death grips one of those bands that i listened to bits and bobs of but i'd never properly sat down and listened to the thing that i probably should have sat down and listened to which was in this instance the money store mm-hmm. um and i kind of felt a little bit like that about the weekend now when after hours came out it actually came out on the 20th of march 2020 which was the day I moved to the house that I'm currently living in. So we were slap bang at the beginning of the pandemic. So that sort of passed me by as I was moving into this house and I was sort of freaking out about what was going to happen in my life and trying not to die. Um, But it's a big album, like a really, really mahoosive album. But because it came out of that period, it wasn't something that I initially gravitated towards. It felt like it gravitated towards me because it was so big. Mm-hmm. I started seeing the artwork everywhere. His Super Bowl performance was was huge. You know, there was a lot of chat because he didn't get nominated for the Grammys and he was fucking furious about that, as well he might be. And, you know, he's just one of those people that sort of bit by bit, he's become so massive that I just thought to myself, well, I kind of have to listen to this because if I don't, then I feel like... I'd be like one of the. I feel like one of the only people in the world who hasn't listened to it, <laughs> um, and it's good. It's also worth bearing mind as well that, um, I mean, this album has already got loads of really, really good notices um, from all sorts of people, and people saying that it is the first essential album of 2022. I had to think about what year we were in there, but yes. So <sighs> this is that's the the that's the dawn album the, the album we're about to review I should say yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to mm. be clear um, yeah. and uh, you know I mean at, at at the moment it it's you know one week one and a half weeks into the year it is clearly the biggest record of the year so far by some sizable margin and we, another thing we were talking about just prior to pressing record on this is like big blockbuster records like this traditionally don't come out around this time of year but i think there are some very perceptive people who are beginning to realize that actually january february kind of time is actually a very good time of year to release this sort of thing because it doesn't get swallowed up by everything else so Mm. yes exactly uh it currently has a score of 89 out of 100 on metacritic and it is as you mentioned no shock really the best reviewed album of the year so far what with there being only five albums from 2022 (laughs) <laughs> that have actually been reviewed on Metacritic, yeah. and one of them is by Twin Atlantic. Yes. So I don't think that's much of a threat to the weekend, to be perfectly honest. But um, yeah, I, no, sh- I, no shade I on think... Twin Atlantic, who are perfectly fine. no shade on Twin Atlantic, but they're not going to be reviewed at this point in their career in the same way as somebody like 
you know like the weekend it's just not going to happen so um we've got the follow-up to after hours now dawn fm which is what we're going to talk about which the weekend is hinted at is going to be some sort of sister stroke companion piece to after hours now after hours is a record that was quite dark and was inspired about with there's a lot of chat about it being inspired by kind of scorsese and gangster films and it's named after a a scorsese film and um and it was it was all about the kind of the the shit that happens at the dead of night and this is more of the sun coming up in that universe but also it's not only just a sort of brighter, lighter, more positive sounding record. It's also a record that seems to be about death as well. So it's an interesting thing to be it, talking about dawn and the sun coming up and a new day. But yes, it also has this kind of allegorical thematic death thing going through it as well, which is quite an interesting seesaw to be balancing on over the course of a 50-something odd minute record, isn't it? Yeah, there's a very interesting juxtaposition on this album. Um, I've kind of moaned about interlude tracks, or it's not even interlude tracks in this particular case, because there are interlude moments. In some cases, they're tracks, individual tracks, but interlude moments on this record, which are interspersed throughout the album. Um, and it, it's that Songs for the Deaf Queens of the Stone Age idea of this is a radio station called Dawn FM and the, um, the there's a radio DJ played by Jim Carrey, um, yeah. which is fucking Amazing. awesome, actually. Mm. And he's not doing the the thing you know i mean i think it's a little he's not, he's not going all right either. No, no i think I, I think it's actually a little bit unfair to paint jim carrey with that kind of ace ventura uh brush now because ace ventura pet detective came out 29 years ago as we speak now just to make fucking you feel really man. fucking old um but Jesus. he's doing that like soft kind of and here are all the hits kind of you know uh voice like that the, the calming not quite the whispered bob harris thing but certainly a like and now coming into drive time at 3.34 a.m. This is uh, Gets or whatever. Uh, Gets probably wouldn't be played at 3.34 a.m. <laughs> this, this is me showing how much I know about mainstream pop music. Um, and, um, yeah. Anne-Marie. Say Anne-Marie. Say Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. Say Anne-Marie. That's, that's exactly yeah, what I said. Yeah. I'll edit that and that'll be absolutely perfect. Mm. Um, and there's this awesome sense that those... In, he comes into the album three times, I think, um, and there's this sense of <laughs> that it's it's actually a brilliantly played and brilliantly observed by uh, Jim Carrey, and this kind of way of saying here is a distraction from your life and all the things that are going on around you at the moment, and just sort of be quiet, pay attention and enjoy yourselves before you your inevitable death and decline is is effectively the broad strokes of what he's saying and it's really mm. quite brilliantly done and i thought yeah. it was very perceptive in this album being released in the times that we are in you know we we all feel this sort of sense that um everything is coming to a bit of a halt and sometimes things are opening up again and then there's more things that we're scared about and i think it was a really cool kind of message to just be like shut up and dance and just enjoy yourself before your inevitable death 
Well, there's there's to, to kind of to go on that um, continue that kind of thematic exploration. Uh, the weekend was interviewed by Billboard, and he said, "Picture the album being like the listener is dead, and they're stuck in this purgatory state, which I always imagined would be like being stuck in traffic, waiting to reach the light at the end of the tunnel. And while you're stuck in traffic, they got a radio station playing in the car with a radio host guiding you to the light and helping you transition to the other side. So it could feel celebratory, could feel bleak, however you want to make it feel. But that's what the dawn is for me." What a really, that's a really, really cool idea for an album. Just that as an elevator pitch. We're going to make the sound of the radio station of you in purgatory after you die. Wait, like, what, you know, immediately I'm like, this is better than Ed Sheeran, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't actually know that. That does actually make sense, though, the radio station as you're in purgatory. Um, I I, I kind of read it ever so slightly different. Like I said, during these COVID times, maybe I'm reading something Mm. into that. Um, that isn't there I don't know Um, but uh, either way I thought it was really cool and worked very very well as a thematic through line especially especially and where the juxtaposition comes in in that musically this does not sound like an album that is about death because it is so far from being like a depressing moody kind of record the sort of thing that you normally expect me to be listening to um it's Mm. it's miles away from that it's a far more upbeat very um instantaneous in many ways very hooky funky um quincy jonesy album uh well Quint- Quincy Jones is another one of the collaborators on the record oh, as well. It's almost as if I knew that. Uh, <laughs> is, yeah. yeah, exactly. And Quincy Jones is yeah. Quincy Jones sort of makes an appearance on this album again in a in a sort of interlude track, I suppose. C- can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Because I was going to ask you about this because I do feel that the um, it's called a tale by Quincy, and it's um, it comes in and it's very. Uh, off the wall as in the Michael Jackson album yes. musically it really reminded me of kind of off the wall era Michael Jackson and it makes th- there's a couple of times where the transitions between styles and I think another thing that The Weeknd said I don't actually have the quote in front of me but I was reading this interview from Billboard with him and one, one of the things he said was that he was like I want to do modern dance music I want to do old school soul I want to do disco and I want to do kind of hard hitting electronic music and I want to be able to kind of merge all these things together and make it feel like they're none of those things because they're kind of all of those things all at the same time and I think there are times on this record where that is brilliantly brilliantly pulled off like bull with with kind of you know bullseye like hitting it as hard as it can be mm, here there are other times where the juxtapositions are quite like um where it takes quite a, an obvious handbrake <laughs> left turn you know what i mean like suddenly you're veering off very very quickly and funnily enough i think um the the way the album starts with gasoline how do i make you love me take my breath and sacrifice all of which have, I mean, I've written down Gasoline's got a kind of Kraftworkian beat to it. Um, and it does immediately bring you into a place which is a lot more kind of, a lot lighter, I think, than the previous record. How Do I Make You Love Me? Again, very, very 80s pop, quite boisterous. And, you know, I'm, I'll tell you one thing, Renfrew, which I will say, I'm, I'm kind of laboring my point a little mm-hmm. bit, but I just feel like I need to get this out a little bit, is that I bemoaned a lot of pop music in the 2010s for being very slow 
really kind of low energy you know i used to say all the time that kind of we we talked about the mumble rap thing and how the popularization of that was bleeding into more mainstream music and how pop music just felt like it was all a bit kind of labored and it was all a bit slow and it was all a bit low energy hearing this and hearing a sort of return to upbeat boisterous technicolored pop to me is just is is such a is such a great thing because it feels like that has not been not like that hasn't existed but it's not been the norm for that decade i would say the sort of the mid to latter part of the 2010s mm. i i had been really like ugh with pop music and it's great that an artist as big as a weekend is is really not doing that sorry i felt like you're gonna say something that's no, okay uh it, it's it's enormously infectious um we you know we've men mentioned quincy jones already um you've mentioned off the wall already there's an awful lot of off the wall uh michael jackson on this record so much um and it is really nice to hear it um given this sort of contemporary makeover it, in 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 parts i'll get on to my some minor criticisms about that in a bit but but certainly when the record starts and those first was it the first six tracks that you're talking about everything up to and including sacrifice mm -hmm. has such a um a quality to it that is almost impossible to deny it's it's really mm. infectious and it's really like they are really really good songs really well composed um i think there's like a song like how do i make you love me has that 80s electronic bounce thing that is just really difficult to resist it just feels really really mm -hmm. infectious it reminded me of stuff like the war on drugs and wolf alice not because they sounded alike but because they took an element both all three of those bands war on drugs wolf alice and um the weekend are all taking influences from the 80s but they're taking that infectious bounce thing from the 80s they're actually doing it mm -hmm. in slightly different genres i think war on drugs puts it into americana wolf alice puts it into indie pop and the weekend is uh, funk Solely soul r&b electro, electro yeah. stuff yeah. um but certainly that nostalgic stranger things isn't the 80s cool thing is very prevalent in this record and we have been a little bit cynical about that sort of thing in the past but actually i think it works really well on this record when it works very well and certainly those mm. first six tracks are like uh, 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 yeah it's pretty it's almost impossible there's very few faults that i have with the first six tracks on this record yeah it's me it's too. almost impossible to fault it i have teeny tiny minor ones which i'll get into later but it yeah. starts so well and 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 i'm yeah. not a mark for this kind of thing you are we've had a few people contact us and ask sorry i'm going on a bit but we had a few people contact us and ask us um if we were going to cover this and one or two of those people said like there's no way you're not going to like this album steve no one has said that about <laughs> me and that that's totally fine i'd like because uh, this isn't an album which is i'm not a mark for this kind of thing but I was listening to it, and whilst I appreciate the fact that no one's gone, oh, Renfrey, you're going to fucking adore this record, uh, because it isn't, you know, it isn't a bit of me in that in that sense. It, it, it's almost it's almost impossible to not 
get some form of enjoyment out of this record uh, certainly for those first six six tracks it's got that it's got that thing i think i've written down like um just be good to me by sos band that is something that it really reminded me of that kind of 80s electro soul thing is definitely there and then you get into take my breath which was the first single i believe and huh. that feels feels like a single. i mean the transition from the previous song with that into that sort of stevie nicks style chugga 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 like muted palm muted guitar part and the big daft punk style mm. electro throb is an absolute thing of beauty and that is like it starts well and then it, it mm. kind of peaks with with that i think and then sacrifice the next song after that again is got a real big daft punk feel to it but it's produced by swedish house mafia so yeah it's probably more swedish house mafia yeah thing, yeah which is yeah more them so that's fine the groove is huge and the chorus I, I i don't think the chorus the the vocal hook on the chorus is probably not quite as big as it is on take my breath but there's a big bad by michael jackson like we're going to talk in a second about off the wall but there's a bit where he kind of belts something out in the middle and i'm like this is like dirty diana or you know fucking um just good friends or something from from bad it's like it's it's that kind of like holy fuck mm. this just sounds absolutely massive but then you get this swerve mm. and it just swerves into proper kind of late 70s disco-y soul on that um a tell by quincy and you know very very off the wall a lot of kind of hi-hat and kind of you know very um very kind of um that that kind of like walking bass thing as well and it's a bit more kind of laid back but it's still musically interesting and you get quincy jones talking about his mother being taken away in a straight jacket and how that affected him and it affected his future relationships and stuff and it's a rare thing i think to have an interlude that actually does something and this finally finally i'm getting to my point which i was <laughs> gonna get to about seven minutes ago and my point is that renfrey as someone who has bemoaned the interludes in the r&b hip-hop pop uh genre before i tell by quincy is that rare example of an interlude which he's saying really quite interesting and moving things never gets too heavy like do you know what i mean it doesn't actually it doesn't kind of quash the feeling of the record by being oh you know this is like this sort of woe is me tale of sad you know it's said quite matter-of-factly and the music behind it is is subtle but really kind of luscious as well but it's that rare thing of being an interlude which actually more than justifies its place on the record, I personally think. How do you feel about There's that? There's absolutely no question whatsoever that any of the interlude tracks or interlude moments, I will say, because there are moments that are actually put into the tracks as well, like the Jim Carrey stuff, which I talked about before, mm -hmm. are absolutely integral parts of this record. And I wouldn't even dream of skipping any of them. I think so often, I think often the reason why I get really like annoyed with interlude tracks in r&b and hip-hop is it because it kind of feels like far more of a egotistical like this is just us pissing about in the studio and you should want to listen to this because we're famous and it's interesting and i'm just kind of like well it's not <laughs> it's, it's not vaguely interesting at all and i don't understand at all what this is adding to the experience that obviously is a massive generalization i'm sure there are plenty of examples where that isn't the case but it is quite common isn't it that that's what an interlude will be like in that world you know yeah. new metal did it quite a lot as well i mean you know it's not just mm -hmm. those but you know 
that is not the case with these interludes at all i i i like those tracks as much i mean a uh, uh, tale by quincy is i'm not going to say it's one of the best tracks on the record but there are it's there are a lot of tracks that i i prefer it to many of the other tracks on this album i will say that and it's not a traditional song in any way at all i mean there is music underneath what quincy jones is saying but um but it would be odd to call it a song would i it's not not a song but you know yeah yeah i think it feels much it feels like the the perfect middle ground between an actual song and an interlude and it does you know there's even though you get a very sharp stylistic musically stylistic turn at that point i think for the most part because the thematic of, of the record is so strong it does kind of flow really there's a brilliantly brilliant flow throughout this record even when you are flicking between the radio stations and flicking between styles and songs and stuff and i think you know um you kind of come out of that into out of time which again has got that kind of early michael jackson vibe to it yep. that disco thing it just kind of swings along in from the previous track yeah i mean you, great. you know big hand claps massive popping bass really smooth vocals you know doing really doing nothing doing nothing new at all you know like fairly derivative of you know 76 to 82 of this genre you know like very much one of those songs but feels quite impossible to not enjoy it and i think um you know you get here we go again with tyler the creator turning up just just prior to, to you go on to here we go again i think to give the weekend credit um i i think he's full-on acknowledging that at, like by putting people like yeah. quincy jones on the record um and stuff like that i think he is like full-on admitting he's going you know what i'm ripping this stuff off but i'm ripping it off because it's fucking brilliant and to give him credit when the album is at its best it, it he does those kind of songs really really well like to a very very high standard so yeah for sure to yeah i mean is this original not in the slightest but it, it is actually a sound that hasn't been pre very prevalent in pop music i mean it says the expert on pop music um but <laughs> well, as far as i'm aware like for a long time so yeah 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 for sure i mean and everything i'm gonna you know so I'm going to kind of pop through the next two songs. I think they're both really good. I think um, uh, Tyler, the creator, you know, we get um, we get that kind of Jim Carrey, um, that, that Jim Carrey intro, the kind of FM. With, and it's got like, again, the time that has been taken, not for just to have Jim Carrey as a radio DJ, but for it to sound like you're kind of like you're going through a tunnel on an old kind of FM station. There's that kind of crackle, like it's not yeah. a great signal and stuff. Yeah. Sounds fucking brilliant. Um, there's also and here there's we... also little parts where there's little kind of glitchy voices that interrupt stuff in a you know almost code orange s type way. I doubt that was actually the reference, but you know there are little bits like yeah. the, which which is awesome. It really works really well. It's cool yeah it's really cool and then you go into this full-on 80s like wet dream about cruising on a yacht celebrating the super bowl which you go well okay that's a little nod to to real life and the music it's it's so over the top 80s i think like a toto meets luther vandross 80s yacht rock thing and i mean i, I 
Tyler the Creator's voice isn't actually that great on this, I don't think. Uh, not his voice, his, his verse, I should say. It's fine. I feel like he got the song, he listened to it once, he did the first thing that came back in his head, into his head and he kind of wanged it back. He's pretty much phoning this in a little bit, which is slightly disappointing as I have, I have you know, really warmed to, to Tyler the Creator over the last sort of, I haven't been not as keen on him previously. I've really warmed to him recently, but I don't think this is a great feature to be perfectly honest. I can't I, imagine I think, this is I something think... which you love that much to be honest, Renfrey. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point, this is the point of the album where it, um, I don't think I could honestly say that it becomes really bad at this point or anything like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with what it does at this point, but it's certainly, the, these four tracks here we go again best friends is there someone else's starry eyes have this very saccharine laid-back r&b s quality with a lot of 80s inflections in it still as well um but for for me it just becomes a little bit background music whereas prior to this point in the record i'm like there's no way that i can't find this infectious at all Whereas this part of the record for me becomes a little bit Kiss FM. That whole Kiss FM thing is fucking massive. So I can't really, I can't, you know, begrudge him for doing it. And it's obviously a large part of what he does. But uh, it isn't for me. Like, it's, it's just, it, yeah, I, I think I'm... it's just fine, these songs. I mean, look, it's funny you brought those four songs up because I would say. I think, you know, I listen to this and I'm like, well, this is fine, but it's not my favourite. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've got plenty of Don Henley on Spotify. Yeah, Thanks very much yeah. if I need to. And it is nearly going into like AOR territory, I think. It that one. gets very best, close to AOR territory. Yeah, I think of the four, Best Friends is my favourite. It sort of starts like a kind of electro-based version of Gel by Kanye West. And you know how much I like that song. Mm -hmm. I'm up for that. I think the throbbing sort of bass line on it is really good. Mm -hmm. It's not one of the best songs on the album, but out of those four that we're about to talk about. And then we get to Is There Someone Else and Starry Eyes. Now, this is for me the interesting thing about this record, right? And this is absolutely down to personal taste and personal preference. Because this is one of, if not the most, I would say, is there something else being the, of, of the first of the two? I would say the most contemporary sounding song to my ears on the record. It's got a bit of that, what I call kind of, love island pop mm. you know that kind of love island um soldier boy like woo, woo, that kind of noise on it i think and i know what you mean yes I, yeah <laughs> hopefully people know what i mean mm. and it sounds much more like well not even now but like four years ago as opposed to sounding like the 80s although it does sound like the 80s quite a lot as well and due to that i like it far less mm. than anything else on the record and I don't think it's anything much of a radical departure. I don't think like people could be going, oh, well, you know, it sounds really new. Because I don't actually think it does sound very new. Mm. I think it actually sounds just stock for now. It sounds like modern pop as opposed to retro pop. So on one hand, I am more than aware of the hypocrisy of me going, metal bands, stop sounding like the 80s. Stop ripping off the fucking 80s all the time whilst praising this massively <laughs> when it just sounds like the 80s. But... What can I say? I guess I like the sound of modern metal more than I do modern pop. And I guess I like the sound of 80s pop more than I do 80s metal. So what are you going to do? But actually, I mean, I will actually back you up a little bit there because uh, another like really minor criticism. And I will say that all of my criticisms are all quite minor for this record because, you know, it's really good. Um, but 
sometimes even on some of the songs that i like there are modern production things that are popped into them that i kind of wonder well is that making it a better song or is it actually taking away from it being a better song so one example of one from a song that i love i think gasoline for example the first proper song on the record is a brilliant brilliant song in terms of minor minor bugbears for it there's this part where is uh, there's another vocal that goes underneath the main vocal which is very much inflected with a it's it's not a um it's not the share do you believe it's not that kind of thing it's not the what is that fucking vocal effect called vocoder thank you it's not that vocoder thing or anything like that but it's similar ish to it and i kind of listen to it and i i've I've got used to it now and it's not a massive issue Mm. but i do listen to it and go you've included that there and is it improving the song in any way shape or form absolutely not is it making it worse Um, ever so slightly <laughs> you know uh, like only by a smidgen and I've, I've got used to it now and it's fine but there are a few moments here and there on the record where something modern is put in and it feels like just for the sake of it sounding like a record that was made in 2022 but actually you'd probably be better off not having it in there at all um i don't think that's the case all the time with the modern production stuff i don't i'm, I'm going to stick sometimes. up for something with it with, okay. with some very clear modern production in a little bit but i do think you know um starry eyes kind of morphs into what we've already been it feels very very similar and it feels like we were yeah. in the middle of a mid it's a mid-album slump it's a it, bit of a mid-album slump, it isn't but there's is. no getting away yeah. from it you know it's not a criticism to say that after a high high and i think a very strong ending as well I think there is a bit of a mid-album slump here. It, and I think it starts to change. Yes, yes. When when you go, oh, Perturbator have entered the group chat <laughs> <laughs> on Every Angel is Terrifying. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is, uh, you know, again, which you think like this is like uh, a kind of choral group choir coming in with some odd spoken word stuff. And then you've got this, john carpenter terminator soundtrack perturbator stuff going on Mm. and then you get like a fake 80s tv advert um and the bloke doing that is josh safty who directed and wrote hidden gems with oh one of the safty brothers oh i didn't know that Mm. that's interesting okay Mm. uh your thoughts on that whole on the safety brothers kind of or, or on every no, angel on, is terrifying. On, on every angel is terrifying uh, re- which is a, a lot of stuff going on there every angel is terrifying is where i get sucked back into the record again after kind of 12 minutes and four songs where i'm just a bit like these are nice background sounds but i'm not being moved in the slightest um every angel is terrifying comes in i'm like oh hello what what the fuck is this this is this is cool this is really interesting um not I, again more of an interlude than a song if anything but yeah it says quite a lot that the it's the interlude that brings me back in i mean how rare is that it's but it's very very interesting what is being done with that and again it's more kind of like here's some distractions until you die kind of stuff you know or that's what i picked up from the record and those interludes anyway and then uh it pops into don't break my heart which is fucking brilliant isn't it yeah that's um a very kind of slight sounding it's got a really cool hi-hat thing a sort of tippy tappy hi-hat um 
And we're back into the full-on 80s at this point. At that point, it's like, oh, cool. We are back into that very, very stylized 80s sounding thing. And I'm more than happy to be there. And I think... I mean, have you got anything else to say about that song? Well, you want to go into I Heard You're Married, don't you? I do. Now, this, for me, I think might be my favourite song on the record. Mm -hmm. I think this is an absolute fucking banger. This is such a great 80s soul song. Reminds me of Chaka Khan or something like that. And in terms of the actual composition of the song, I tell you what I love is when you can't see where the chorus is coming from but then it just slides mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the chorus of this song <laughs> sounded a bit sexy it did sound a bit sexy <laughs> it's quite a sexy song so it is yeah. it is in a weird way but this chorus kind of expertly just there's no like did it did it and then boom yeah, here we are yeah, in the yeah. chorus chorus just arrives yeah. it's just suddenly it's there, there and it's so yeah. so catchy like first as you are hearing it for the first time it is in your head forever forever and i love it when artists do that it is such an amazingly suave way to just bring this incredible hook into your brain and i have to say as well lil wayne you know showing up tyler the creator i'll say this for lil wheezy um he does a good line in features he's fucking great on this and he's even got a bit of that auto-tune thing on he's got a little bit of that auto-tune on his vocals and maybe for the first time ever I'm like, this actually sounds quite good. Sounds quite good. I think his his verse is really good. And the verse he does with Limp Biscuit on Ready to Go is great as well. So, you know, I'm not sure I need to listen to that much Lil Wayne in my, mm. you know, in, in general. But he certainly knows how to come in and fucking stamp his mark on a song. I was with you 100% and then you started praising Lil Wayne, which is a shame. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think I, really? I think I Heard You're Married would be my favourite song on the album if Lil Wayne wasn't on it. It's one of the points on the album where you were saying about how, you know, The Weeknd was trying to mix all these things up and, yada, yada, and, and sometimes it works and sounds cohesive and sometimes it doesn't. It just feels really... It, it 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 just completely stops the flow for me and doesn't it doesn't sound cohesive at all and it sounds like like so many times the truth is the reason why these featured artists are on here is to get like someone else's fan base interested as well and i'm not strictly saying that i think there's only two musical guest spots on this record which is a lot less than many many a lot a lot you know contemporaries yeah 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 yeah. um i don't feel like either of them are necessary and i don't feel like either of them because when i saw featuring tyler the creator you know i i i've not been as into tyler the creator as you but there's plenty of stuff on both of those records which we've uh reviewed which i've been like well he's doing some stuff which is like really incredible and yeah, I was a bit disappointed with Tyler Creator's verse, but Lil Wayne's verse, uh, I think even more so just because it doesn't, I just don't think it went with the rest of the song. It felt very bolted on to me. I absolutely disagree with that. I think mm. Lil Wayne comes in and he changes. I think he kind of, he, you know, like Lil Wayne is always going to, he's going to turn it into his thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? His little bit in the spotlight. And I think, again, he does it. He, he definitely sounds different to how to compare it to the Limp Biscuit one, which is the thing that of his I'm the most familiar with. I think he fucking steals that song. And I'm not saying that he steals mm. this song. Well, the, have you oh, the Limp Biscuit one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he absolutely steals that Limbiscuit. So that verse is he's, he's fucking brilliant. And I mean, when he's up against Fred Durst, probably a little bit <laughs> much, much easier. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, and, you know, I love Fred Durst, like whatever. <laughs> but, um, but I really think he comes in and he puts his stamp on it. And I think he he sounds great. Like I think he he actually sounds. He, and he he appear. It seems to me like he's put much more thought into his verse than Tyler the Creator did. I think he's definitely better than Tyler the Creator on this feature, on this particular album. Not as an artist in general, of course, mm. but for this feature and for this album. And I think actually the song is so good that just chucking a rap in in the middle of it, chucking a feature in in the middle of it. If you go back to a lot of these songs from the 80s, they did do this. Mm. You know, this was something which was starting to become massively popularized around this era with some of those artists and you know were especially like when you get to the 2000s you know were you even were you even an r&b singer if you didn't have nelly or ja rule doing a verse on your song like were you even really a, a, a rap like a, a successful r&b singer i, I wasn't no. no no well exactly you needed to <laughs> that's, that's what i needed i needed nelly <laughs> you, you need you need to get bubba sparks to come and yeah. do a little rap on your yeah. song Renfrey. That's, why, that's why i fell down you know, uh, yeah. i tell my guitar and bubba sparks <laughs> the thing that i used to tell you uh, that's right yeah. <laughs> but i do think i do think that it just it actually like it changes the song quite a lot it does but the song is so strong mm. for me the the entirety of the strong the song is so strong that little wayne's bit is just it's a slight deviation and then you're back into it but it never it's never so jarring that you go where's this come from i actually really really like what little wayne's part because i think i think in i in isolation on its own mm. It's really great, and the song is 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 held together so brilliantly that I don't think that even if you do go, that's a bit. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's quite a deviation from stylistically from what else has gone on, but I actually think it works because everything that you are putting out there is great. It's interesting what you're saying. I cannot deny that he undoubtedly comes in and puts his own stamp on it. I I think the song is so good that when that part comes in and it totally changes what the song is i'm like what you were doing before was really good <laughs> why are you doing this bit um so yeah i guess that just that's just an opinion thing there but but yeah i mean you know fair enough like we do we we do agree on some things with that like in terms of him coming in and the totally changing oh the song is brilliant it's yeah fucking and great. the song is brilliant yeah, it's yeah. fucking great uh, we end with Lesson Zero, which is a quite a soft pop tune in a lot of ways. It's good, I think, come off the back of the last song. You might find this quite as much from me, but you, you might know. find this an odd comparison. But it actually reminded me of a kind of slower, more '80s inflected version of Dakota by Stereophonics. <laughs> but I actually, <laughs> wow. I actually do mean that as a compliment. Um, um, I really, really liked it. I'm guessing it's a Brett Easton Ellis uh, reference. Lesson Zero being his first novel. So. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's a great last song to end yeah. the album on yeah awesome how do you how do you feel about phantom regret by jim which is jim carrey kind of ranting on as jim carrey has a tendency to do in the last sort of 15 years or so i think kind of, you know jim carrey is a writing credit on this song which makes me think that they just press play <laughs> and went jim just say stuff <laughs> let your mad brain loose uh on on the end of this record um well i what do you think of this i think because i mean jim carrey doesn't start the album but he is he he, but he's very very near the beginning 
um he he ends the first song basically first sort of yeah the opening sort of intro song. yeah and i think it it gives it a nice cyclical kind of feel to it um i mean i i i, I actually really like it um i think it works well and continues that theme of the album um i don't have an issue with it but already i'm sensing that you do i think it's maybe a little bit long it is three, three minutes, minutes. Yeah. yeah 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 three I... minutes is the first time it feels like one of those interludes just really first time i heard it i was like uh i went i was like i literally did go how long is this going to go on for? <laughs> so I thought to myself, is this going to be like seven minutes or something? Because there's no sense of it. But I'm and that's going to be like, like while she first, sleeps was, or something. Yeah, and I was like, is this ever going to fucking end? Because for three minutes of just Jim Carrey going, sit back. Did life tell you all you needed to know, or did you as a person have time to grow? <laughs> I want a bit like, and it's all and it's very kind of wistful. And I think. 90 seconds of it probably would have been enough okay I'm... although saying that saying that now i'm sort of four or five listens into the record and i know it's three minutes mm. i never get as sort of frustrated with it it's frustrated even the word i mean certainly the first time i heard it i was like i was like, oh that's cool and then i was like cool this is quite long would you have preferred it if it ended with a piano burning for 17 minutes yes that would have been much better <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but now yeah it doesn't really bother me so much now but i reckon they might have been able to do a slight bit of judicious uh snipping of maybe like 45 seconds of it i reckon but that is again a very very small quibble yeah um, i was gonna say i mean i mean i don't feel that personally um but i think it is quite interesting that all of the criticisms that we've had of this record do feel relatively minor even the biggest yeah. one that i've come up with which is basically there's four songs in the middle which do absolutely nothing for me um it's only 12 minutes and little wayne i, I mean I, I i don't hate the little wayne thing i just don't think it serves the song or works for the song you know personally but you know it's like 12 minutes in a 52 minute record of material that you're kind of even ho-hum about which for a 51 minute and 49 seconds that's 40 minutes of yeah your time and for a record which as I've acknowledged already, and our, our listeners have acknowledged by their silence, um, is not normally in my wheelhouse at all. This is not. This is far more a bit of you than it is a bit of me. Um, and yet, I think this is a record that you, you can't deny for the most part. You know, um, at, at, at its strongest, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is a really, really fucking good album. Um, and I don't. I think you'd have to be a really cold-hearted person to hear some of the songs on this record and not be swept by it or moved or uh, um, or want to dance in any way, shape or form. I am not a dancer. This record does make me want to get up and at least kind of shimmy a bit, which is a huge Shuffle compliment. Shuffle your feet a bit. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. compliment because I, I like to just sit there with my arms crossed and uh, and, and, <laughs> and let the music like kind of go over me. And yeah, this album kind of makes me want to boogie a bit. And that's a huge yeah. compliment. So. It feels like the culmination of the return to this style i think from when i from what i obviously you know i said i have dipped in and out on the weekend only in the last 
like never really properly enough to go i could give you names and title if you played a song from me i would probably be able to have a fairly slightly well-educated guess as to what album it was from i mean i've only heard the before this the last two records and house of balloons i really liked house of balloons but stylistically speaking i think house of balloons is you you go oh what a what an interesting cocktail of sounds this is much more enjoyable to listen to for me this is much more enjoyable to listen to and i even think you know um when you get to um when you get to like the you know the 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 previous album when you get to like after hours the second half of that i think is fucking awesome you know when when it goes into the full-blown there is some full kind of 80s stuff in that but again it's much more kind of michael bay movie 80s than quincy jones 80s it's much more there's a kind of john carpenter 80s like it is a bit more of a dark it's got a kind of darker seedier underbelly than this which is you know just feels like a, a much nicer record overall even though it's about death so for me do I think this is the best weekend album that I've heard? Difficult to say, really. It's, but it certainly feels it's certainly the one that I've enjoyed listening to the most. I've kind of appreciated the others that I've listened to from a distance, whereas this, I'm actually like, yeah, this this got actual full blown big pop bangers. And I know people are going to be going, are you saying the other albums didn't have big pop bangers? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the other albums didn't have big pop. But they were, it was a different, I think it's a different type of, it's all in the, um, the boist, not in the boisterousness, but it's all in the kind of the joie de vivre of this record. Joie really de vivre. makes it for me. Absolutely. Mm. Really, really makes this record for me. Mm. And does it make mean it's the, the most interesting record? Does it make it the most um sort of futuristic and uh progressive sounding record that he's made no no i still think you could go back to house of balloons and go that as a mix and as an idea is is probably i mean considering it came out in 2011 certainly it still sounds i think ahead of the curve of a lot of things that i've listened to right you know in in terms of how um uh, how well kind of crafted and how interesting a sonic the sort of sonic template for it is is much more kind of unique mm. if you like mm. um but this is much more enjoyable to my ears much more enjoyable so uh but then again i'm not an expert and you know neither is remfrey i'm not an expert on the weekend's back back catalog but what i would I'm, say I'm, is i'm, I'm this certainly is, not an expert on the weekend's back catalog yeah but this is really really fucking good this record it's just really really good it sounds good it feels good it's interesting it's conceptually sound it's tight for an hour for an album which is you know his albums are quite long mm. and this is 51 minutes but it doesn't feel like a long record to mm. me 16 tracks 51 52 nearly minutes but it kind of flies by it does fly what more by. could you want yeah perfect all right anyway thanks very much for listening to our review of the weekend that is dawn fm the first great record of 2022 and believe me there are some more coming as you will hear if you listen to our show on friday right act on friday we're going to be talking about stuff we missed in 2021 stuff we're excited about in 2022 basically so we're just going to have a chat about that but thanks very much for listening and we will see you next time with another review of something good